0: Welcome to another episode of Grab The Trace, a home design podcast here to help you deliver your next project to its full potential. If you're looking for some tips and secrets for your next project, be it building a new home, renovating, or even just picking what window furnishing would best suit your space, we've got you covered. So stick around, pull up your plans, and let's grab the trace. Hey, everybody, and welcome to part three, our final in the trilogy of- our finisher schedules episode The reason that we're looking to wrap things up With finisher schedules at the moment is After we finish this episode And it, this isn't a, a sad occasion I think we've come to a point where I'm happy to put a stamp on it And say that is the first season Of Grab the Trace done If that makes sense yep. Where we've got all the basic content out It's the
1: building block
0: And so then going forward We will be entering our second season of the show There won't be a break in between it. And I mean this is just more for drama for me Because I love the drama But <laughs> Just to help break things up. So, we've done our introductory kind of efforts and we've talked about everything and we've got a really good general understanding of what goes on now. And so, for our second season, we thought we might get a little more practical in terms of showing some design flair from our point of view in terms of actually designing some stuff up. And like yeah, throwing and it out to the people And see what you, you think about it Getting you to come along it. with the journey Yeah, so you can see kind of what decisions we're making Why we're making them And even and rather than just doing blank canvas Because you both of us hate doing that Is <laughs> we're going to pick some existing projects that are out there In terms of some random apartment I found for sale the other yeah. day And I as someone who to- we work with yeah. She's just recently bought a house So we will give our Idea of like what we would do there with absolutely no budget Which will be very upsetting to like have a look through It's just completely on a table We're thinking maybe about eight skylights in this one
1: Maybe we should have a budget in mind
0: Maybe that's a great idea
1: Because otherwise we'll be like Well why don't we just make it full story Yeah Why don't we just stick Completely change Like no We've got yeah. to keep the original footprint
0: That is correct That is correct So what we're going to do Is we're going to do an apartment yep. We're going to do a house renovation And then potentially What we're thinking of doing Is we're going to do a Have a look at a project home And see what kind of Amendments twist. we can do And as we're saying With the amendments we would make Maybe they're not the most economical thing Because that's what All these project homes are based off is the design that's the most economical to build. Most
1: economical, but most functional for a family. Or we'll pick a demographic and be like, you know what, a powder room is really important to this family. Where would we include it?
0: We've looked at a lot of these plans and there is a lot of free goals and free points that we think are just generally being missed because, and it's not anyone's fault, it's just we think sometimes- even with builders we work with, they get stuck so in their ways in terms of how they do things that they're not willing to try different ideas. And there's some ideas that have, I guess, even five, 10 years ago, that's when they were being tried out, but they still haven't translated over. So, mm. that's what we want to kind of see what, what we come up with on yeah. that front. So, what can
1: we implement to improve yeah. what's already a great layout?
0: A hundred percent. And then who knows, maybe some of you can take it to a home builder and be like, we'll take a grab the tray special. Thank
1: you. <laughs> oh, you're welcome. You're welcome,
0: everybody. So, Mikhail, without further ado, there we go. We've started two weeks now. Oh, no, I said it pretty incorrectly last week. So, just take us away. We're into the the final three segments of our finisher schedule. So,
1: the big chunky segments. The big
0: chunky segments. We've got yeah. a lot of hand actions going on now. The
1: big chunky. The big chunky section. Except... And Michaela, oh, the like, bigger
0: chunk of sections.
1: I will stop. Um, he's not wrong here with the chunky sections, but I would say it is a lot of repeat information. Yeah. However, it's like the largest sections in terms of how many pages or space it takes up. However, it is a lot of repeat.
0: Yeah, pretty much. And so. it's, yeah. So just with our.
1: Without <laughs> go, further I, ado. See, now
0: that I know how to say the word, I'm so hooked at it. It's like when I learned I <laughs> what was it? I learned what the word terse meant and I just dropped it in like nearly every conversation. I was someone just gave me a little bit of attitude or was like a little bit uptight. Don't line. be
1: terse with me.
0: She's so terse right now. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well. Take us away. All right. Like all the other categories, we break it up into areas. Usually I do like a general in cabinetry Instead of general, I do like to be very specific because it might be completely unique to every single area that we talk about. So, there isn't really a general because each area should be very unique to that space, potentially. Bespoke. Bespoke. So, usually the main area and the first area off the bat, the kitchen. The heart of the home, probably the largest expanse of cabinetry in a home, I would say, is the kitchen or butler's pantry. So... First cab off the rank is first
0: cabinetry off the rank.
1: Oh, is our Stoked carcass with that one.
0: carcasses?
1: Carcasses. So when we say carcasses, we're talking about the shell. Yeah, the shell. I was going to say the
0: bones, but that doesn't make as much sense. The shell of your cat, your cupboards. Yeah, that makes sense.
1: So when you open your cupboard door, what you see inside? Yeah. So our carcass. Yeah. So our carcass. Typically. Regardless of whether you're in a multi-million dollar mansion or a...
0: A project home.
1: Yeah, a very simple project home. Usually that carcass, unless it's solid oak... Yeah. ...or it has been treated like a two-pack finish, it's usually just a malamine, that whole carcass. So, we need to specify what coloured carcass. So, when we're talking about carcass, that's not a coloured board... So, usually we have two options. It's either going to be white or black. So, usually if you're doing a darker cabinetry or like a dark smoky timber or even charcoals, blacks, even like a dark navy, I would usually opt for a black carcass. If you're not falling within that category of your kitchen cabinetry fronts.
0: We go the white.
1: We go white. So, just for peace of mind as well or a little fact drop. Black is actually that little bit more expensive. Is it? Yeah. So, usually our, our whiteboard, it's the cheapest. If you want to go black, slightly more expensive. I'm not saying it's going to, like, break the bank, but just be just be mindful. It is a little bit more expensive. So, for all of our project homes out there that we design and build or our multi-res that's on a budget, I usually don't get black carcasses across the line.
0: Yeah, fair so enough. So, if
1: they've got... I just have to be very mindful that in a budget friendly kitchen, not to typically go with like a really dark cabinetry colour because I'm going to have a white carcass. Yeah.
0: See these little, little, little gems of knowledge. Little I was things. thinking as well if you do want to kind of understand why the melamine is used internally. Mm hmm. And it's not too much of an imposition. Ask for a comparison if you were- not Like, if you are getting a kitchen drawn up, ask for a comparison if you were to use a different finish in there. Yep. And then look at the extra zero that they've added to the bottom yes. of it.
1: If you're like, oh, isn't it just all like solid timber? But it's all
0: like cabinetry, no? Yeah, like or that, let's um, just do two-pack
1: everywhere. I Nick, want the same colour. Yeah,
0: that Nick Brunson house I did with all the oh, arches. Beautiful. That was solid walnut, like, <gasps> the entire way through. Stop. That is why I think nearly- of the budget was the joinery. Yeah. Like, that's what we're talking.
1: I was shocked. Everyone always, you know, kind of asks, like, generally with all of our, like, personal renovations that um, Brock and I have done, like, you know, what was the overall budget or where did you-
0: Where'd you splurge?
1: Where'd you splurge or what you- Like, you don't even have to splurge on cabinetry. It just- No,
0: cabinetry itself is the splurge.
1: Yeah, just having cabinetry is a splurge.
0: I mean, having drawers, heaven forbid.
1: Yeah, well, it's more- Again, it just comes down to pure square meterage of your house. Yeah. Like, however big your house is, you have to fill that kitchen that you want that big. That has to be filled with with cabinetry. Same yeah. with our wardrobes, same with our walk-in wardrobes, our study desks, linen cupboards. Like, it adds up, like, a lot. And that was, in our budgets, cabinetry by far our biggest trade. Yeah. Our biggest expense. And then followed by lighting. Like, lighting and electrical. Yeah, that
0: makes sense, though. You've got a fair few dimmers, so it makes sense.
1: Dimmers, down lights, like sensor lights, strip lights, garden lights, like it lighting adds up. Cabinetry and lighting. I would be mindful. And
0: guess what? They're both in this episode. Uh-huh. So if you thought if you thought the first two episodes are expensive. Oh yeah. boy, I feel bad for you. <laughs> we're going back to the bank, everybody.
1: So carcass. Then we're going into our actual cabinetry or our visible cabinetry, yeah, I would say.
0: What 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 you're seeing with your peepers?
1: Yeah. So, again, there is a multitude of budgets, types, finishes, colours, textures. Textures, yeah. I was going to
0: say textures.
1: Finishes. Mm -hmm. It's Um, in there. It's in there. So, our basic ones, again, we did run through this in terms of materials and palettes and finishes in our kitchen episodes, our general building block episodes. However, I'll just do a very, very quick. So, malamine, that's kind of our our go-to, our standard. That's what you would think of. Um, melamine, two pack, I think everyone's kind of heard of. So that all that is, is a melamine, an MDF structure, and then it's coated or painted in a two pack finish.
0: Yeah. So with melamine, you end up with edge strips. Yep. Where you've got the the kind of face veneer that goes on the large parts of the cabinet and then mm-hmm. you've got the edging strips that run around. Yep. Tupac makes it look like it was always that way. It's Almost formed. like it's been dipped in yep. the paint.
1: Well it kind of has. Pretty like much. it's it's been I mean, like sprayed I mean, the, I mean, the and
0: coated. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. So it's that next level of like seamless integration where you're like, Oh yeah. my goodness, this is a bit nice. Having said that though
1: It's double like, the price. It is double <laughs> the
0: price, but it's it's something that you, you probably would even see in older homes. Like oh, yeah. Melamine and stuff, It's it has always been this way. It's either the kind of the very budget friendly or there's like that step up if you're, if you're someone who's, you know, a keen purveyor of cabinetry. Mm-hmm. It's just something a little bit nice for you.
1: Yeah. So, that's kind of our melamine and then I would say two pack. Unless you're changing the structure of the board, that's kind of like the two extremes. Yeah. And then we do have an option kind of in the middle and that's called like thermo laminated. Yes. So, what that means is it's kind of like a vinyl wrapped cabinetry panel. So, it's got this, exactly what I said, a vinyl wrap kind of coating. You know how you can like wrap cars?
0: Yeah, I was almost going to say it's like how people use like contact marble or whatever to like dress up their fridge or their coffee
1: table. It's pretty much like a clear... Vinyl that yeah. you're putting over the top of this cabinetry panel to protect it. Mm-hmm. So, do not get me wrong. It is not to the quality of two-pack, but it's an improvement.
0: Over the melamine. On melamine. Appeal. Yeah. So, I mean, perfect. That's the in-between between yeah. those two finishes. You just
1: have to be mindful, like if you're doing a thermo laminate finish over a cooktop. And that steam that comes up from the That's a good point. the cooker, that can actually interfere with the edging or where that like corner, so you know how you yeah, mentioned like swell. edging tape. Yeah, it will swell. it can potentially peel away from that. There is maintenance with that. So Genius. it's not oh this kitchen's gonna last forever, I paid a fortune. Yes, it is a lot more expensive. like, you know, they've all got price categories, yeah. so it does jump up from malamine, but it's it's not to the durability of two pack
0: even, I mean, just to run with that a little bit, and I know these are long episodes mm-hmm. and I'm dragging it out, but if you've got an appliance cupboard where you've got mm-hmm. a kettle in there, mm-hmm. that's your steam source. It so is. So, like, we've got to make sure that everything in there is up to task.
1: It's, yeah, it's probably more probably more of an issue above a range hood just because that's like direct steam going right on the join. That's more where the issue is, is the join. Oh, sorry.
0: No, I see what you mean now. Yeah,
1: Where, yeah, inside it's probably a carcass within that and only the door panel fronts have that thermo laminate finish. Mm -hmm. So, it might not be too bad of an issue, but yeah, maybe just those overheads. Yeah. So, just something to think about. And then we're going into our Timbers, so timber veneer. So, that's just like a very, very thin veneer that's applied to a cabinetry structure. And then, obviously, solid timber, which is like the dream.
0: Yeah, obviously.
1: And I've pretty much kept this in price order. So, our malamine, our thermolaminate, our two-pack, our veneer, our solid timber. Yep. And then you can obviously go absolutely crazy. And I've seen kitchens done out of like solid stone.
0: Yeah, I mean, we were looking at one over the weekend that had a stone sliding backsplash.
1: Yeah, bring it on. (laughs) So there's definitely all different bits and bobs, but we have to note our finish. We have to note our carcass. But what we can also do is note a profile. So we're talking about the colour or the finish of this cabinetry front, but maybe you want a Hamptons profile. Maybe you want a custom design profile. Maybe you want a VJ cabinetry front. So it's got like little vertical grooves all through it. So all of these can be done in different materials at different price points. So, our thermolaminate, for instance, people usually jump up from laminate or malamine, sorry. They jump up to that thermolaminate to be able to get a profile door. Sure. But then it's not at the price point of two pack. Yep, yep. Or obviously, you can get a custom two-pack finish with a custom profile. So, again, we're just adding even more expense. So, we're getting a custom finish and we're being able to select our color. That's actually the beauty of going with a two-pack is you can choose any paint color you want, but now you're also having the ability to choose whatever profile or door front you'd like as well. Yes. And then obviously, we have that same ability with our veneer or our solid timber. Again, just something to note or to allocate in our cabinetry schedule. Then I like to include any stone that is being used. And then you kind of ask me, well, that's not really cabinetry, that's stone. Why is it in the cabinetry schedule? That's just to help out our trades.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: I always find that you're sending our cabinetry schedule to joiners, the stonemasons and cabinetry makers or joiners. They need to work cohesively together because we need to get our sink cutouts for our sink cupboard. We need to get our pit cooktops installed, and that needs to be undermount to our cabinetry and our stone. So, we're always working, those two trades are working cohesively together. So, I like to put those two trades on a page together as well. So, then this can be sent out to our joiners and our stonemasons. Everyone's got all the same information, and it's just a really nice way as well of seeing our cabinetry with our stone. So, just visually, it's giving us a palette and visually, we're able to kind of like see what that all looks like. And then also with our budgets or sending out to our builders for like initial pricing, they can kind of see the finish of the cabinetry, the finish of the stone. They can also get our quantities and measure up all of that at the same time as well. So, just something to keep in mind. When I mentioned benchtop or... Like bench tops or, or any stone being used, be that splashback or nib walls or inside appliance cupboards or yep. w-
0: gables, wrap, fascias, gables, whatever. Gables,
1: island waterfall gables, we've got island facades, just any anywhere you yeah. want stone. So again, I can go into more specifying what, but recon stone, natural stone, large format porcelain, not just stone. We've got our concrete bench tops, our yeah. stainless steel bench tops, like any finish that we're looking at, at putting on our bench top.
0: You could even do a laminate to be honest with you as well. Yeah, we've done
1: laminate. So, any type of bench top or splashback, I would put that in our schedule. Agreed. So, even if it's a tile splashback, I put that in our cabinetry schedule. So, all the trades are talking.
0: Well, I guess even from that point of view, like a tile has a different thickness to like a recon stone. Mm -hmm. So, when the cabinet makers- referring to the the joinery drawings or whatever he can see he can see if say that tile thickness has been accounted for yep. at the as the bench top height like yep. thickness or whatever
1: even the smallest things when it comes to regs like regulations and codes so if we've got a 600 deep like if we've specified a 600 deep bench top we have an electric cooktop or an induction cooktop and then we've designed a nib wall at the back of that or a little ledge And then we've put a 20 mil stone thick splashback on that. Instantly, we've just reduced our overall bench depth. So, then we have to think about, well, how close is an open flame? Yeah. Or how close is our cooktop to our rear splashback? Is that still meeting code? And again, if we've done a schedule up, we know how thick these finishes are. It's nominated. We've sent it out to joiners, cabinetry makers, stonemasons, builders, tilers. Everyone's got the information. It's going to get flagged. Agreed. Or they're going to be like, oh, you know, we might just make, you know, the joiner when they do up the shop drawings, they might be like, we just, just need make to make it 620. that. Yeah, I'll just 620. fine. we just need to beef that out a little bit. Done. And then all the stress is avoided because you've put together this beautiful yeah. and little And then the architect drawer.
0: gets yelled at because
1: Who did the plans
0: that? are only 600 and this wall's 20 mil short now. <sighs> What an idiot.
1: But that's the architect's yeah, fault. Yeah, obviously that's,
0: <laughs> to be honest though, like if you were, if you were really on top of it and you mm-hmm. have a good coordination with the yeah. interiors, it's a very easy thing to pick up.
1: Very seamless. Um, a big thing to kind of note in our cabinetry schedule coinciding with our, you know, our building or our drafting work or our architecture documentation is window splashbacks.
0: Good call. We were talking about this the other day.
1: Yep. So, that just needs to be coordinated. How is that benchtop working? Do we have like a little lip that we need to clad in an appropriate material? Do we have our windowsill hitting directly onto our bench top? Do we have our stone going into our windowsill and covering that window frame? So, it just looks like frameless glass. Kind
0: of almost like we were talking about with the showers.
1: Exactly. So, like a concealed channel kind of thing. Are we concealing the frame of that window to make it just look like this glass frameless picture window at the back of our splashback.
0: Beautiful. All
1: these details, again, we're not specifying windows or anything like that in our finisher schedule, but we are specifying splashback, bench tops, cabinetry surrounds and sending it off all to the trade so all this documentation coincides with one another. We're just making it really easy for everyone. So in terms of kitchen finishes – we kind of roughly went over our carcass, our general cabinetry, our bench tops and splashback finishes. But then we have all the specialty things that are just unique to potentially your project. Yep. So if we have a, let's say we've got a brushed brass shadow line detail, that needs to be noted in our cabinetry schedule. If we have, let's say, a Hampton's Dream kitchen and we've built, this beautiful, you know, column or pillar design with panel work island facade. Even though it's not actually made out of cabinetry, I would potentially note that in our cabinetry schedule. So again, all the trades can see what's going on. I'd have a joinery drawing or a detail that picks that up that I can reference in my schedule. All of this information, if in doubt, repeat it. I always find if your kitchen section in your cabinetry schedule is identical, has all the same information as the finisher schedule, by all means, it's all there and it's there twice. I'd rather Done. that than have it missed.
0: Yeah. I would rather have, I mean, and this might be my thing. I would rather have the information in there and for it to potentially be slightly different. And it causes the builder to call me up and ask what, like to clarify, what is the What's the actual way to go rather than it to be not mentioned at all.
1: Yeah. And, and then
0: for just an assumption to be made. Yep. You still have the control then.
1: Yeah. And then always referencing like your notes section on your schedule. Just know referencing this sketch. Yep. Or please note email, blah, blah, blah. And yep. it's a date of an email, who you sent it to. And it's got a little sketch that you've done up or the joiner's done up or yep. a conversation that you had with your builder and you wrote it in an email and you said, hey, on the, you know, 22nd of last month, I wrote you an email just confirming that this is what I wanted with the apron front detail and this and that. That's referenced and you finished schedule. Bada bing, bada
0: boom, done.
1: All the information's there. So, in terms of kitchen, that kind of outlines the main points in a cabinetry schedule. In our kitchen section. Yep. Now all this information that I just went through—that is just repeated, and obviously tailored to that area. So if you've got a kitchenette or a bar, and you have different stone, different cabinetry finish, different finger pull—you've got, you've got handles in your bar area, and you don't have them in the kitchen. Well, then take out the shark nose detail, put in your panel work that you've got. You've got different tim—you know—you've got timber cabinetry in here with a beautiful brush brass handle that's fine. That just needs to be noted in the cabinetry schedule. So it's all just relevant to that area. Beautiful. The only thing that may be like slightly different bathrooms. So when we go into like wet areas, specifically bathrooms, would like to note if we're doing like overhead mirrored cabinets, again, part of our cabinetry, but we just need to note the carcass of that material the cabinetry sides, that would be like a dressed finish. So, you're talking about if you're doing two-pack throughout, what colour, what finish? Is that a satin? Is it a gloss? It is a matte? What colour is that come in? And then you would need to do another section or another line specifying, you know, fixed mirror to cabinetry carcass or mirrored cabinets to have fixed mirrored panel, 10 mil thick, blah, 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 blah. If you want that to be a finger pull, because you don't want little sticky fingers. Yeah, you don't want
0: your grabby mitts on there.
1: Yeah, that just needs to be noted, all in your cabinetry schedule. Again, in our laundries, I always like to include, I know it's re information, but our clothes rail, I put that in the cabinetry because, again, the joiner would need to install that. So, again, it's just all this information that you go, okay, well, I want a clothes rail, but that went in our fittings and fixtures schedule. Well, do I need to repeat it? Well, who's going to install it? Whose problem is it? That's a good call. So, just think of every single item and you're like, oh, do I need to include that again? Just think, well, on site, who's going to actually be installing that or dealing with that?
0: Yeah, whose problem is it?
1: Done. Um, maybe another thing to note, study office spaces is like benchtop changes. So, usually that could be like a 32 mil thick cabinetry benchtop because- Stone's a little bit weird to use as a... The mouse just doesn't work. I feel like mouses don't really work properly with like recon or natural stone. You're after a more
0: flat uniform surface for a mouse to work.
1: So, I'd be a bit more inclined to do like a cabinetry benchtop or a timber benchtop, something a little bit different. Um, A standard like laminate benchtop comes in a 32 mil thick specification. Um, If you are doing like a Tassie oak or you want a stain to that, you want that to be, you know, lime washed or something, goes in the cabinetry schedule. Um, Our linen or our walk-in linen need to again specify the carcass, but then also thinking about the doors, So, I think we mentioned in our extras episode Mm -hmm. about linen doors, potentially they could just be pushed to open like cabinetry panels. So, you know, you're walking down a hallway and it actually just looks like a part of the wall, but it's pushed to open and it's cabinetry fronts. That needs to be noted. Those linen doors, they're not semi-hollow core doors. So, that wouldn't be- a yeah, it's standard, not something a carpenter's putting in. It's not. It's it's something that, the, again, you just think, whose problem is that? Well, I want it to be a cabinetry door. It's only going to be like, you know, 20 mil thick. It's not going to be a big door with like a door lever on it and hinges. So, that needs to go in the cabinetry schedule. Just be mindful. Again, um, garage storage. Something Sometimes that gets a little bit lost if you want any storage in the garage, be that like sliding doors or just racks or something that's, you know, built in. It's not prefab that you've bought and you can install yourself. If this is a part of what you want the rest of the house joinery to look like, needs to be included. Um, Wardrobes. I do always like to note the difference between like a sliding mirrored wardrobe or a sliding door compared to like a hinge door compared to a walk-in. So I usually break up those different areas. So a very standard or typical bedroom would just have like you know the meter wide sliding yeah, yeah. and be that mirror or like a white you can specify what color they could be the same they could be two pack if you wanted to they could be the timber veneer they could be a melamine but in like a colored board so if you've got this you know amazing you know forest green cabinetry used throughout and you want to use that in your bedrooms as well specify that put it as your wardrobe sliding doors if you want one to be mirrored one to be cabinetry door Mm -hmm. you can do that as well same with your hinged all of that needs to go in walk-in wardrobes or master wardrobes if that's like a walk-in again just need to specify typically when we talk about like carcass material for like inside cupboard doors usually and I'm just saying this is a very typical or standard maybe the same for project homes as well Typically, walk-in wardrobes are just carcass material. You're not doing, like, a coloured or, like, finished board material. That's, no, that's a think, lot more expensive. I think
0: ours was, honestly, it was just painted like...
1: Like MDF.
0: I don't even think it was MDF. I think it was OSB, which is, like, it's a step oh, like, below MDF. Um, it's, like, that chipboardy oh, look yep, and yep, yep, stuff, yep, and yep, it's, like, yep. painted and it's all rough. I think yep. that's all we got, and then they just used... Our skirting boards is like a fascia to it.
1: Oh goodness!
0: And then they just had a uh, hanging rail underslung from there. So obviously we ripped that out and put a um, IKEA PAX
1: in. There we go. Just something to keep in mind if you aren't really wanting to go to IKEA and have to like build your own. And do all of that or even try and go through the process of getting your builder or your joiner to work with Ikea and and install it for you. Then this again, a joiner can or a cabinet maker can kind of construct all of this and do it custom, but you can do it in the most inexpensive way possible. I would recommend just the carcass material. If it's just if it's a closed off room, like a separate room with a separate like, you know, door. I would definitely say just do carcass. You can't see, you can close it off, it's fine. When it's filled with clothes, you don't even see most of the malamine anyway. However, I find if it's like open or you walk like past your wardrobe or if it's like a walk-through wardrobe to get to your en suite, then I would say it's kind of worth the More investment. More
0: a show showpiece. Yep. Agreed.
1: Or our external. Or in our our fresco <laughs> outdoor deck cabinetry. So this kind of has different rules. So this is our compact laminates. Or our concretes, our stainless steels. Anything that can obviously
0: withstand the weather, withstand yep. the sun.
1: Yep. All of that. So that also relates to our bench tops our splashback materials. So you can't just do recon stone, like typical reconstituted stone. You're going to void all your warranties if you put a recon stone outside Mm -hmm. under the sun. It's going to fade. So companies like Caesar Stone, for instance, they actually have like an outdoor collection. So it is a recon stone or recon company, but they offer an outdoor specific collection. Or if you're really inclined, I'm all for natural stone outside again. I get bamboozled when clients or people be like, oh, you can't put like natural stone outside because everyone always thinks that like, oh, it's so precious. It's going, where does stone come from?
0: It does come from outside, I believe. I believe
1: If my sources
0: are correct, I believe it comes from outside and it's not manufactured in a laboratory. It's a
1: glorified rock.
0: That is such a good point. It's actually- a mountain.
1: L- yeah, literally.
0: <laughs> literally. Yeah, literally, like honestly.
1: It's a veneer of a mountain.
0: And it's only when you gave me that example like ages ago that I was like, oh. yeah, I mean, what an idiot. I mean, who wouldn't have thought of that? <laughs> like honestly, you, you just don't assume it. You look at the price tag for some of this stuff and you're like, oh my goodness, my precious marble can never and, be seen out here.
1: And don't get me wrong when people are like, well, same thing kind of goes with timber, like wood. Timber I mean, is an is outdoor also great material. That's a counterpoint. But it is, I get it, like, it's been treated, it's been exposed. Like, it's not, you know, the centre of a tree isn't open and exposed. Like, it's going to (laughs) silver. Touche. (laughs) Take that for a
0: rebuttal. Like,
1: I get that, but I know I'm the lover of, like, materials ageing on purpose. I feel like natural stone is meant to go outside. Timber is meant to be outside and appreciated outside. So That's
0: that's actually really nice. Like, the way you phrase that, that's really nice.
1: So, you know. Age with it. I'm all for it. But in terms of cabinetry, alfresco or compact laminate, we don't want that to warp. We don't want it to, you know, peel away. We don't want it to...
0: We've got to stop the water getting in.
1: Yeah, we don't want a bit of that. So yeah, just be mindful.
0: Outdoor cabinetry is a thing.
1: It is. I think that kind of wraps up our I think cabinetry it section. It does.
0: Now, are you ready to tackle the big Betsy? <gasps> this is the Here we go. This is the most not important, but this is what I would say if you were to think of what a finisher schedule looks like, this next segment is probably what you would envisage.
1: This is the nuts and bolts. This is the biggest scheme of finish. Like yes, you can specify what your washing machine is and what joinery handle, but we're kind of telling you what the walls are, These what are the like floors your bones, are, yeah, aren't they? Because everything the building else is like blocks.
0: Everything else is kind of added, added on, or like little additions. This or This is whatever. the
1: shell of the house. But the
0: shell. I the like shell that. of
1: every room. Yep. Let's go with that.
0: You could you could go through this schedule. I mean, you, granted, you wouldn't have a kitchen, wouldn't have a bathroom or mm. any plumbing, but-
1: You'd have a house.
0: You'd be able to put a bed in there and know that it looked look nice with your sheer curtains.
1: It'd look mint. So, our finishes- schedule. And I know we keep referring to the entire document as the finisher schedule. This is the finisher's category within the finisher schedule, if that makes more sense. This is
0: the, the closest we'll get to the matrix on this podcast <laughs> in terms of how in, uh, I guess, air quotes, meta we are.
1: <laughs> like all the other categories, there is a general. And then we go into breaking it into every single room, area, space. But under general, I've got What's the main flooring, the general flooring without breaking it down into all the other specific areas? What's the general floor or the most used floor? So typically, again, in Queensland, we've spoken about this a lot. There's so many other preferences. You could do timber, tiles, engineered, concrete, vinyl, you name it. Carpet, if you're so inclined, you want your whole house carpet, you can do it. Maybe not great in your kitchen or your bathrooms, but there you go. You know. Americans, they do do carpet in the bathrooms. It's quite gross.
0: That was a bat. that was a, honestly, for oh, me, I got a, a, I got a little bit triggered when I watched that episode of My Dream Home and it was carpet in that bathroom. Oh, it
1: creeps me out.
0: What a result they got on that one, though. Oh my oh, I think right? it was episode by four or five. Check it out.
1: Oh, you're welcome. Which season? One. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think it was one.
1: One. Okay. So, our flooring, whatever your flooring is, note that under your general, your general floor. I always like to classify general as when you first walk in, what's the floor finish? Because that usually, your entrance foyer is usually open to your kitchen, living, dining and our hallways. So that usually falls under what the general floor is. Then walls. So what is what is our walls? It's plasterboard. But then what finish do we have on that wall and what color is it in? So paint finish to plasterboard. We spoke about this in our paint schedule, but it's a low sheen. Whatever color we've specified from Dulux, Tormans, Hames, Rasine, tint, you name it, any one of those. So you put your finish, you put your color in, you put your supplier in, put a photo of that color. Even if it's white, put a box, put it in there. It will help when you can see all the images together in a row. Then our general skirtings. So typically, one home, one skirting profile. Again I think we've mentioned a million times just name dropping some supplies but Intrim is a huge favorite of ours. They have so many profiles, so many different heights, sizes, depths, construction so whether that's pine, MDF treated or like primed, not primed. That's going to be in our semi-gloss finish and then what color that's in and supplier is Intrim slash whoever our paint supplier is, be that Julux, Resine, Taubman's, you know. Then again, I put the profile picture, that picture of that skirting profile underneath. So now we've got our floor finish, we've got our wall color above it, then we have the profile of the skirting. So we're already getting kind of a bit of a vision. Our next section's cornices. So typically be that coved cornices, a super ornate cornice that's stepped, that's, you know, 300 mil high and dreaming love or just a square set cornice. Again, just something to keep in mind because I know that most people just, oh, yep, cool, cornicing, who cares? It's kind of like a bit of an afterthought or it's, oh, whatever the house comes with, where you do have flexibility, you do have option. If you do want to invest, I always find if you've got, if you haven't got the budget for, say, higher ceilings and you're left with like 2.4 as like a standard ceiling height or like a minimum ceiling height in your living spaces, I would always be more inclined to go square set actually because it to me it gives you more of that wall color going all the way up to the ceiling. It actually makes the walls and makes the space feel taller. If you're doing a high skirting and you're doing a high cornicing, it just makes the walls feel that much shorter.
0: Yeah, agreed.
1: So, I'd always be more inclined, as I said, 2.4 or a standard ceiling height. Invest in the square set, go that. A little bit more expensive for the stainless steel, you know, cornicing detail, square set detail. Trust me, I feel like it's worth it. And then if you do invest in higher ceilings, then just maybe come back and just do a simple cornice. And that's where you can save money. Then... In terms of our ceilings, paint finish to plasterboard, it's in a flat finish and typically it's in just a builder's white or like white. It's untinted. It's just called flat white. They don't have to like you don't have to pick a color.
0: It's one of the few paints you can literally just grab off the shelf and yep. leave. Yep. That and then there's, I think they've got even some of the big ones like at Bunnings, they've got like um, vivid white, just like buckets of that mixed up already so you can just grab and go because everyone's like skirting boards and they're like over there so just
1: grab a grab the big one hog
0: bristle no 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 not that one the next
1: one. now our next section windows and door architraves so we did speak about our skirting i like you know bigger the better let's go high 90 kind of minimum our architraves a little bit more tricky so if we're talking about a project home or a standard home We have, you know, a typical hallway and we may have like four or five doors. Yes. All around one area. So, you're thinking like your little powder room, your main bathroom, and then you've got three bedrooms and they're all within a very short distance of each other. Potentially that hallway, you wanted bigger bedrooms, bigger bathrooms. So, you reduce down to like a minimum hallway. So, that might only be a meter wide hallway. And then you've got 820 doors to get into your, you know, beautiful bedrooms Correct. And then you've gone, oh, you know what? I just want big, massive architraves.
0: Yeah, I want 130. I want my skirts, skirts to continue up to around my the same, doors. Which,
1: don't get me wrong, love we that. We love that idea.
0: It's just you don't have the space.
1: Yep. So, when it comes to, you can have, you know, this beautiful architrave spec, and you will get a sliver all the way yeah. down both sides of your doors. Or if your door is offset, you'll get one chunky side, one sliver, and then you'll get a chunky top.
0: Yeah. To it's think, not nice. To think of it this way, when they when they frame up doors, usually they're going to go maybe a stud in. Mm-hmm. So, you've got, say, 35 or a 45 mil stud. And then the door frame itself, depending on how luxury you are, it's either going to be 11 or 18 mil. So, you're only really ending up with, like, 50, 60 mil mm-hmm. worth of space. So, that's why usually you'll see... 42 mil used as one or if you've got the ability to have a slightly wider one they might add an additional stud and then you can go your Mm 66s beautiful I do love a 66
1: it's it's quite nice Mm. so I feel like it's like the middle ground I always like to do that 135 kind of high skirting and then I'll drop down to the 66 arc Mm. and it's not it's not small it's not like a 42 But you're still getting- It's
0: it's in there. Yeah, Yeah. you're
1: still making that door width feel extra wide because, again, we've gone that little bit darker on the walls. We've gone the bright white architraves, bright white door, bright white skirting, white hinges- and then
0: Yeah, this is all just meant to blend this yep. stuff. The skirtings are meant to be the statement thing and we're doing that through height and profile. Yep. The architraves are just meant to be an extension of the door.
1: Yeah. So it just makes that door width feel really a little grand. Grander. Yeah. I would
0: always prioritize, I guess, door width over architrave width, if that makes sense. Like yes. rather than being, oh that's not gonna work with an eight twenty door, opening, I'll do a seven twenty instead. Yep. Nah, you no, kinda no, 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 you no. want
1: you want the door
0: and I was opening. I was to nearly feel grand. not gonna mention this, but Going back to what you were saying about cornicing, I would always prefer a higher ceiling with a coved cornice than doing a lower ceiling with a square set detail. Like yeah, if it, it all. Comes I don't down know down how the budgets. budget works, but like say if they're comparable, I would always choose the higher ceiling.
1: The higher ceiling is much more expensive.
0: Yeah, yeah, but <laughs> than as yeah, because it's a little set. bit of extra framing, I it's, guess. Yeah, yeah.
1: Well, it all goes down to like not standard then. Because then you go, oh, well, if I've got higher oh. ceilings, do I do higher doors? Because I don't want 2.1 well, high the, doors. The and then everything yeah. starts to get more Every- expensive. You do have
0: a little bit of what we call scope creep. Yes,
1: yes. because you're like, oh, well, now I've got 2,700 high ceilings, 2.1 high doors look weird. So, yeah. I need to go 2.4 high doors. Well, I
0: need to bump and my now. kitchen cabinetry up to 2.4 now, it <gasps> so yep. 2.1, and, and all I my windows to- are a little bit yep. taller. And-, and
1: now I, yep, everything starts to creep. So <sighs> <a> bugger. <laughs> so, a square set detail is a little bit cheaper.
0: Well, there you go everybody. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I in my mind I I have no idea how much this stuff costs.
1: <laughs> You're just like, "Come on now. Wouldn't you choose that? Well, yes, we all would."
0: We all would.
1: We wouldn't want to pay for it. No,
0: no, of course. <laughs> I mean, that's the advantage. Is I can just do whatever I want. I don't really have to pay for it at the end of the day.
1: Yeah. Look.
0: The beauty of our job.
1: Yeah. Well, I don't know. There's no point doing my dream schedule, and oh, then it's coming always, yeah, back and, and the emails
0: like, "Hi, um, you might have missed the brief a little bit. Yeah, and you're, you're like out
1: what? of this world.
0: Yeah, it's yeah, it's a bit much. Can we pull back? And you're like, I Stunning. can't work under these conditions.
1: I love it, but can we just halve it? Yeah,
0: I love this. <laughs> Did you meant to send this to someone else? <laughs> no.
1: So this is the dream finisher schedule. What's the realistic one? Okay, we've we've rolled on this joke too far. So. After our window and door architraves, timber sills. And this is is where I get a little bit passionate about my finisher schedule when it comes to architects, but more importantly, builders, because a lot of our projects, and I'm not actually sure if this is more multi-res specific.
0: Yeah, it's definitely a multi-res thing where you've got like concrete block for windows.
1: Yep. And square... Well, I've seen a lot of, like, project... I don't know if project homes have timber sills or is that just square set?
0: Uh, no timber sills.
1: Timber set. There we go. Do you have full architraves and yeah, uh, same as the- and window jams? Yep. Oh, that's a bit nice. That's
0: a bit nice, isn't oh, it? okay. See, that not You're going to have out. a win in some point.
1: Oh, there we go. Okay. So, in... Sorry, to give a bit of context Sorry for all you
0: peasants who don't build a project home <laughs> and you're doing your square set nasty details. Yeah.
1: So, what we're talking about is in multi-res or townhouses or a more commercial kind of sense, a lot of our buildings are constructed out of block, meaning that it's a lot thicker than just a little timber stud. So, our windows or our window sills are like 200 deep. Like, they're quite deep. So, when it comes to our window details... What I see as a standard residential detail is to have a beautiful treated pine timber sill. You've got the internal window treatment, like your j- like your jams mm-hmm. and your header, and then you've got your beautiful architraves all the way around. Yes, that's not the mul- that's not the case in multi-res. that's not
0: the, co- that, the cost-effective. No, result.
1: they square-set plasterboard and paint it, and yep. that's it. And then when you've got say bedrooms and you put in beautiful roller blinds and you know the little metal bottom edging and to all start roller blinds and
0: all of your sills and
1: it goes ting 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 and it yep. scrapes if there's a bit of a breeze or the yes. windows open or you open the door and you hear the clunk, 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 clunk. So
0: I guess what that we're, scrapes the paint what we're advocating for is even if you can't get the full reveal so the full mm-hmm. perimeter of that window We need to be fighting for the sill to at least be in timber because that is Uh, going to see the most action by far.
1: A treated pine painted in a semi-gloss finish sill to that window and then as soon as you add architraves around that window, beautiful, beautiful. It will just change the game. So much more practical for window coverings and to me even in just general windows in a, you know, entryway or a living dining space, if you don't necessarily have window coverings, it just looks finished. Yeah. Instead of just seeing like a bit, it looks like a little naked window. Oh. Oh. But not in a risky way. More like a, oh, that, you know, like, that poor, ooh. cold window. <laughs> Someone grab that window a jacket. That kind of.
0: Please. Some, will somebody think
1: of the children. Yeah. <laughs> So, that's our timber cells, Soft our furnishing. Soft furnishing. So, again, this is the general category I'm just going through. So, I usually like to specify a window treatment to use as a general. So, I'm talking about maybe you've got a beautiful stair void and that's a, a window that's not typical, like it's not a bedroom window or a bathroom window or it hasn't been thought about potentially or our living space. Why did you raise your
0: eyebrows when you said that looking at me? <laughs> I think about every detail, I do, McAllen. Just sometimes, I haven't quite gotten to that stage.
1: Well, I'm talking more about the interiors. If they drop the ball, and they haven't oh, checked, I would
0: love to see the day they drop the ball. It's it, just it never happens. You always think like, yeah, all right, I'm going to go up to Michaela. I'm going to be like, oh, did you oh, did mean you think to? About this? Did you mean to say adieu? <laughs> oh, it is adieu. All right, okay, are, great. Right, I was mind. just testing you. I think I've honestly done that about nine times on the podcast. Like, I honestly. Fully try. I nearly had you convinced it was bouquet or whatever the other one was. Bouquet. Yeah, I nearly had you on that one.
1: No, I even was like bouquet, and you're like, "Excuse me." I was like, "Hold on."
0: Yeah, because you had to go on like Google it to double check. Yeah, that's the closest I've ever gotten to. But you weren't even wrong. So like, there's never been a situation.
1: Oh, what about my bath story? Mm.
0: Well, the only thing that was wrong (laughs) is that I didn't cut that out of the episode. (laughs) It's always good to have moments like that so you can compare it in the future.
1: You just want to go back and listen and laugh at me. I get it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So, under general, talking about our window coverings, in our general spaces, our living, dining, entry, foyers, stairs. Maybe you've got like alcove spaces or like study nook spaces and you've got glazing in there. I just put a general note of a beautiful sheer curtain that's consistent throughout the house. Mm-hmm. So, it all kind of ties in. Maybe that could relate to, potentially, when we go into the bedroom section, maybe that sheer curtain is the same as what we've specified in the dual track curtain yeah, for our you master. Yeah, if block out, yeah. Yeah you know, so
0: Alternatively, all cohesive. Alternatively, something that we, we do quite often is we'll specify these things and usually multi-res, it's an upgrade option if you yeah. want sheer curtains, but the advantage of specifying it is then there is a selection that has been done that ties into the palette. With it's all a, the whole, it yep. a whole, it is a whole, not wholesome, holistic. it's a holistic design and there's thought that's been put into it. So, even if you don't, Put it in at day one, even if you don't pay for the upgrade option, you know exactly what color fabric you need to use yep. to make sure that you get the intended result.
1: Yep. And again, like some places that we specify, like you can obviously do from an interior designer's perspective, like there's, you know, beautiful curtains that we can oh, specify yeah. that are custom, that are quite oh, expensive. Oh, you want to talk curtains
0: with? <laughs> Cortons. Cortons. Oh, I'll keep that one in.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So there's definitely bespoke or boutique kind of brands and suppliers that we go to. But in terms of like residential or you can research your own, like DIY Blinds is great. It's an online company that you can, you know, order everything. You can site measure, you can double check, they can send it out to you. They can also install it if you need to. Or for your more cost effective or like DIY kind of side, freedom have a great like ceiling yeah, track. Yeah. But you can also even be extra sneaky, which I'm kind of looking into at the moment for my own house, getting pricing and not telling Brock about it. But I want to get the Freedom Ceiling Mount track. One, you need to spray paint it because it's in an odd shade of white. It's a very
0: blue. blue. And I, I installed more tracks at my house on the, I mean, maybe two, three weeks ago. And it is. Very blue.
1: It's bizarre. I don't know why they thought that, yeah. that was such a good idea. But like but anyway. when you
0: look at it, it looks white, yeah. and then you put it up against ceiling, ceiling white and you are like, why? oh, why? Is it depressed? Why is it so blue?
1: <laughs> oh, good call, good joke, like that. Thank you. Um. So yeah, the ceiling mount track, but then obviously Freedom have their particular sheer curtains, like the S fold curtains I think that called go minerals. with that. Yeah, but. You could, little handy hack, Ikea, okay. they have beautiful curtains. Again, in like a beautiful like linen tones. If you're wanting something that's not from Freedom, you can actually buy like little curtain clips, mount the Ikea curtains to the Freedom track. You don't have to necessarily well, use. hello,
0: little home
1: hack. Hello, but- all here curtains only come at two point five length, so that uh, only the drop, works. Right. Yep, so that only works in our like two point four high ceilings where Bugger. we can do like edging tape. Oh no, I'll have to buy new curtains for the oh, new no, areas. new
0: curtains.
1: Oh no, but anyway, I I digress again. So is I is that track.
0: our is that our general That's areas? Our
1: general areas the- for our finishes. I mean, and
0: you can absolutely shoot back at me if this yeah. isn't correct, but I think the only thing that isn't, thing, well, isn't mentioned in the general that is mentioned as I've had a flip through is tiles. Um, like,
1: like wet areas. Yeah,
0: like for our wet areas in terms of wall, feature, floor tile. Yep. Uh, so,
1: all of this is repeated. So, we're going into like our kitchen, our living, our dining, your media room or... You know, those areas, they're pretty much the same, it's just a different floor. Like if you're doing carpet, for instance, or if you are potentially just continuing the same timber. If you have a variation in your finish, you just have to change that one little note or that one section. But it is pretty much repeated. Potentially a whole big section that is quite unique is stairs. If you have a two-story house or a multi-level house, what are those treads? What are those rises? What finish are we doing? What's the handrail? Yep. How are you doing a skirting detail? This is what I always find. Like uh,
0: inspiration grand.
1: Exactly. What It's very unique, I find, with skirting around stairs and how people do it. Some people just avoid it and they square set it. They don't even acknowledge that a beautiful ornate skirting is there. Some people try and do like, you know, the- Scribe it. Yep.
0: Sorry, scribe it.
1: Thank you. Um. So, yeah, just, again, something to be mindful of. Most people might not have even thought about how their skirting is going to work on stairs or what detailing they want to do. Potentially you have hallways that you need to document because you have panel work down these hallways. You've got a little sketch that you want to do in terms of, you know, full height molding and paneling, or if you want VJ board, any feature walls anywhere, you want a VJ feature wall behind your master bed or all these things goes in the finisher schedule that is very specific to your design or your build. So again, I just want to touch on bathrooms and how that deviates or digresses from the general finishes. So with bathrooms, powder rooms, or en-suites, just need to be mindful. Oh, and laundries as well. Floor tiles, but also skirting tiles. If we have wet area paint, so for laundries, for instance, you're not full height tiling every single wall. You might just have a skirting tile around the perimeter of the space, floor tile obviously and then you might just have a splashback, or you might tile half height wall behind your cabinet tree so where your washer and dryer sits or if you've got you know a wall mounted vented dryer and it's just a lot easier because like lint kind of collects if you've got a vented wall mounted dryer and you just do a paint finish which is again very standard very typical but I just find that when that dryer goes for really long periods of time the space still gets like a little moisture in there and then you find that your walls just get covered in lint. If you tile that, a lot easier to clean. Potentially just tile one wall behind your dryer, it will help, promise. Um, Something else to be mindful of is how you're gonna do your windows in your wet areas. Because say you've got a window in a shower, you can't be putting timber architraves around that. Is that gonna be square set? Is that going to be tiled? Are you, do you want a little stone top to that windowsill? A little bit nice, all these things. Again, it's not really in the finisher schedule, but just something to keep in mind or coordinate with your draft or your building designer, your architect, your interiors, whoever's doing your window and door schedule or whoever's in charge of that, even if it's just your builder. Have a chat about how that glazing is working. Is that privacy? Is it frosted? Because the last thing you want to do you haven't thought about it. You've got this big picture window. It's clear and you're like, am I supposed to put blinds on this? Yeah. It's in the shower. Well, how am I supposed to do that? Just very simple conversation. <laughs> That's
0: such a good point. Yeah.
1: The last thing, I, I'm very against trying to treat privacy in a wet area from an interior's perspective. That should be treated externally. Yeah. In my opinion.
0: Well, I mean, you know me. I'm a big fan. I've just recently specified a whole boatload of fluted, obscure glass oh, on a couple of love houses.
1: love it. Fluted glass, obscured glass, frosted.
0: Cheaper than installing external screens. Yep. Way less hassle than doing soft furnishings internally. Yep. I mean, I've even seen um, an example of where someone had a window and a shower in a Queenslander style home and-
1: I've got a little hack. Well, here's
0: the thing. It wasn't tiled. So, what they did was they did like- And you're either going to think this is horrendous or very cute. They did a very tiny like little glass shower door- to, like, seal up against the window so when the shower's on-
1: Cute. <laughs> it,
0: like, drains out and, like, they had a tiled um, sill to it so the yep. water could drain it out. It should fall off. But to stop the water, like, getting in and swelling up this existing timber window- Oh,
1: they put a little window it's on like, the window. And just, like, a
0: little radio knob to, like, oh, pull it open Too and cute. closed. Yeah. That's actually a bit I don't cute. know about the practicality of it, but- It's fun. Pretty good waterproofing detail. Yep.
1: yep. Um. Again, a little hack that I've, I have actually done for- Two of our spaces for both renovations, I've done this. I converted a bedroom to our master ensuite in our last house in our first reno, and they had beautiful casement windows smack bang looking into our shower. And again, I don't know if this is a Queenslander thing or I'm sure a heritage listed thing. Those windows are expensive, you don't want to be trying to get a glazier in to be able to refit those or. You don't want to, you know, have to be taking out custom windows to get them, you know, fluted or obscured glass panels put in. So, I went to good old Bunnings and I got a $10 roll of obscure film and I applied it myself. Did a few YouTube videos, spatula and a bit of soapy water, water. detergent water, spray bottle, smashed it out. And then not only did I do it there, I executed it here in our main bathroom as well beautiful so again there's cost effective ways to do it but i i just find let's avoid trying to do plantation shutters or blinds or curtains i don't mind curtains in the simple fact that it's purely aesthetic
0: yeah, like the Fiona Lynch project yeah. from a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, with the freestanding bath. But that was that was away from sources of water, mm. I guess if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So that's fine, like the shower's down the other end, yep. beautiful, yep. easy peasy. I
1: do I do see a lot of images online of like beautiful designs with like big freestanding baths and a whole wall of just sheer curtains behind it, like very bougie, not not what you kind of typically think, like I think a whole wall of sheer curtains in a living room or a media room or I don't typically think of it as a bathroom, but it kind of works. It kind of feels very luxurious to me. Um, that's kind of- the. I
0: think that's kind of it, to be honest with you. That's kind of
1: the bathrooms, the laundries, the powder rooms. Like we've already
0: mentioned for stairs. stairs. Like elevators are the same game. Like there's your general notes yep. or your general section of this is pretty much going to be a large majority of your house, assuming it's not a renovation where there's like the existing versus the new part yep. of the the build. But yep. I think this that's a really good overview. Do you have one more thing you there's want to throw kind of, in?
1: There's kind of like two two sections where like just bedrooms, but I think that's just like carpet flooring or if you're doing timber flooring or any type of different floor finish. But again, it's just window treatments, a little bit different. If you've got concealed pelmets, if you're doing roller blinds, you're doing double track curtains, single track curtains, how that's working. But- a whole nother area that kind of justifies a little bit of explanation is your garage, actually, or your carp. More garages because that's an a fully internal, waterproof connection to your house. I feel like that's I would classify it as an internal space when the the security line is external to that. So you can't just leave your garage door open because someone can just get in through your house. So your garage, what flooring is that? Are you continuing skirting plasterboard? What's the ceiling doing? Do you have down lights? Do you have cabinetry? Like all of these things, I feel like again, garages really get forgotten about because they're like, oh, it'll just be a concrete slab. It'll only be a concrete slab if that's what you stipulate and specify. This can be a fully treated internal room if you want to. So just something to keep in mind. But that, That kind of, again, I could go into so much detail, like every single room I break up. If you've got a bar, a kitchenette, a games room, a media room, bedrooms, guest rooms, NPR spaces, if you've got a sewing room, you know, any specific space, I outline and repeat a lot of that information. So, the builder, all trades know exactly what finish goes in every single room.
0: Love that. Let's Bring this home strong. To wrap up, as I, I think we mentioned the Billy Madison analogy last episode, yep. let's go and finish school right now. We're going to move on to lighting, which is the final segment or yep. section in this finisher schedule. Mm-hmm. It's probably more a technical one in terms of where we're listing code like the code section for here is actually the code of the product. Yep. So, we're moving more now over to pretty much break it up into a couple of key items, I guess. So, we've got for a few, for example, is downlights, profile lights, feature downlights, feature wall lights, feature pendants, stair lighting. Um, and then what we're going to mention is we're going to mention, obviously, the supplier. We're going to talk about the, in the description segment, this is. We're then also going to give a brief description of what it is. So, what the product name is. We're going to talk about the finish. So, what color you want it in. Do you want it in white, black, brushed brass? Like, yep. what, what do we want there? I mean, Mikhail's even been so gracious in, with a few of these to include the cutout or the, the whole size dimension for the downlights Because that can vary between 90, 100 mil. I mean, even some big stonky ones at 150, Mm -hmm. probably I would say one of the more important things almost as a checking mechanism here is Mikhail's also included the IP rating or the waterproofing, weatherproofing information. Mm -hmm. Now, something that I learnt recently, and I should probably have known it for a little bit longer, was that the two numbers. So, when it says IP44, The first number and the second number represent different things. One represents water ingress and the other represents dust and like other bits and pieces. So, the higher the number is, the better it is at sealing out those items. So, generally with our external lighting and electrical items, it's all going to be IP67 or above. I mean, you can get higher ratings than that. It's just the cost goes up. So, Michaela, would you like to run us through I the guess
1: general, so just-
0: like the general, or like considerations from your point of view, yep. and then even in things like our bathrooms and our external, like things that we need to be aware of, or yep. what we're actually looking to specify aside from just yeah, downlights. Sure.
1: And I think just flowing on from your point with the IP ratings and a little—I wouldn't call it a hack, but just something to keep in mind—but our LED downlights that we use throughout a home, I actually, same thing with our ceiling fans, I actually like to do like a white, matte white plastic downlight that is IP rated to outside, to use outside because then you can get consistency. So, I like outdoor terraces, balconies to actually have the same downlights. The last thing you want to do is have you know, a hundred mil diameter down light inside that's in a white, that's in like a glossy white finish. And then you look outside and you've got aluminium in an, you know, 150 mil diameter and you're just like, all the, it doesn't line up. It just, it's too notable. Like it's just, it's just not nice. So keeping the same consistent down light, I'm a huge fan of. LED profile lighting is just referencing like LED strip lighting. So be that, under your vanity, under your overhead cabinets, within appliance cupboards, in nooks and areas. I'm a huge fan. I think I've mentioned this a million times now. I'm sorry to repeat, but I'm a huge fan of LED lighting is a form of task lighting. It's there for a purpose. Its purpose is not to be blingy. I don't like the concept of like, oh, add an, you know, colored LED light and it'll look jazzy. No, 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 no. LED lights should be there to be like, oh, that lights up the underside of the vanity. So at night, it's great to get me to the bathroom without turning on all the general lights or great LED strip lighting underneath an overhead cupboard in your kitchen so I can see what I'm doing on the bench. All of these are very practical, useful LED strips. Our feature lights, so be that feature surface mount down lights, feature wall lights, feature pendants, feature sconces, anything feature or what I determine as feature by being a focal point in any room or any space. Then we're looking at stair lights. So stair lights, I always find are just like very, very small inset wall lights that are placed lower down. So a wall sconce or a wall light is meant to be at kind of like eye level and above. It's meant to notice it. It's meant to have a purpose. It's meant to be beautiful. Stair lights, much smaller in size, lower down to give you light on your stairs so you can kind of like way find or see where you're going at night. That's kind of like what I classify as like general lighting. I'd always put in there if you do sensor lights or cabinetry lights. So, you know, if you find a lot of kitchens or wardrobes when you open your wardrobe door and your light comes on, that needs to be specified in here. Then your kitchen drawers, if you open it and it's censored and it lights up the internals of that drawer beautiful. Again, censored lights need to be specified. But then we're going into bathroom lights or wet area lights, which they differ from our general. So we've got our same LED downlights because again, they're IP rated. So all the downlights throughout a home can be consistent and cohesive, which I love. But then our three in ones, a little bit controversial. Everyone kind of thinks of, you know, the old big glass domes just chilling on your ceiling and they look a bit horrendous, but I'm here for a heat lamp because I get freezing cold and I don't like winter shower times. So yeah,
0: that makes sense. Though I
1: like a little bit of a heat lamp. So a little for bit me, of a free tan. Yeah. So for me, a three-in-one. But I like to invest in the nicest three-in-one I I can kind of get. Sure. So it's just a flat rectangular panel that's broken up into like three sections. So you get your exhaust fan you get your heat lamp and then you get your general, general lighting. lighting as well. Mm. But at least it's just a nice rectilineal, white, flush, no weird domed bulbs. bulbs. Yeah, so I know what
0: you're talking about now. Yeah,
1: like, you know the one. Yeah, I've Thank got them. I'm so sorry.
0: <laughs> it's- No, listen. I'm it's so sorry. It's purely a- On that one, it's just, it's just a cost exercise. And, I mean, if you- like showed us the two, and you're like, which one would you want? I'm hundred yeah. percent choosing. they are. The, they
1: are the more streamlined one. They are ridiculously expensive for, for what it is, just to yeah. get an aesthetic. But yeah. potentially, I would look at like, okay, well, in every bathroom, I the kids aren't getting the three in one. Yeah,
0: no, it's just mum and dad in the <en-s2> just mum and dad
1: in the ensuite getting yeah, maybe a the, the powder the room three-in-one. as well
0: for the guests. And, the guests can be like, oh my
1: goodness. And to be honest, they're quite expensive globes. So they are. They, There's a maintenance to they it. They
0: actually use a boatload of energy it's as well huge. like so, so much so that on a few projects i've worked on if the entire building has multiples of these and they were assume the worst case scenario where everyone's got the heat lamp on at once it causes blow up the building to, <laughs> yeah it causes the electrical supply to go up and then oh yeah
1: there you go don't do it
0: yeah all the lights get dim
1: <laughs> Yeah,
0: The lizard upstairs is tanning.
1: The lizard, me, cold-blooded. Cold-blooded
0: snake (laughs) upstairs is tanning.
1: So, that's our three-in-one. Would like to note, again, we've mentioned it in our bathroom episode, but a separate exhaust. So, please don't rely on the three-in-ones as your only exhaust source. I always like to do a separate, even just like I think they're 100 by 100 or 200. I think they're 200, sorry. 200 by 200 square exhausts. And I like to put a separate one in the shower And have the three-in-one in in the general like master or bathroom or hooking up a separate exhaust in your powder room. And I actually link it with the general light. So, no one can be in that room without having the exhaust on, boys. Yeah. Disgusting.
0: Disgusting. (laughs)
1: It's absolutely disgusting. So, just something to keep in mind. Again, LED profile lighting, any wall sconces or feature lighting that you have, LED strips for like the censored stuff. Beautiful. Amazing. I think, again, we've mentioned it a million times, but our ceiling fans, I think we've gone over and over. You do not need to spend a lot on ceiling fans. They are not feature pendants. They are not really to be seen. Please don't do the plantation You know, I'm on Balinese holiday ceiling fans. How we saw
0: um, Fiona Lynch use rattan for a balustrade. We don't want to see the rattan ceiling fan panels. I
1: don't. I don't want to see a floral motif. I don't want to see a light in the center of your ceiling fan. Like just plastic matte white, go up high, blend it in with the ceiling, there for function not to be seen. You know? Love that. Love that. I know I'm getting aggressive with it, but. Please, yeah. please, I've actually had
0: to shield you. We've had quite a few aggressive emails come in for <laughs> No,
1: you. we haven't. No, we haven't. Yeah, come Not on. Not yet. I've deleted them. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I've actually been filtering them. And all of you have been reported.
1: Obviously. And then I think kind of wrapping it up, That that's pretty straightforward. Again, with external, again, down lights, surface mount lights, if you have it, any feature wall lights, security and sensor lights, like you can do a whole section on... Like floodlights, security lights, solar lights, fence lights, like exterior lighting can just go on and on. Garden bed lighting. The like, um, what do they call it? The like stake lighting. They call it a stake light. Yeah, yeah, stake yeah. lights. Yeah, thank you. You're looking at me like, They're, what do you want
0: about? We're, we're actually doing quite a lot of like physical stuff at the moment like i was just doing a little dance to indicate we're coming up to switches so i'm not sure if that translated <laughs> no to i you. thought
1: you were like yeah it up. i know I,
0: I i was thinking i was like that might have been slightly passive aggressive
1: <laughs> that was about as aggressive as lachlan gets a little oh, dance please <laughs>
0: i was frowning
1: oh okay
0: <laughs> my frown is just me smiling still <laughs>
1: Upside down, friend. Go
0: home. And Caitlin, you wouldn't believe it. I stood up for myself. I frowned at her I told her to hurry up.
1: Ooh with a dance. <laughs> and we've lost him. All right. I'm so back. external. Again, you can we can do a whole segment just on lighting. This is on finisher schedule, so I don't want to like go into and you know bore you to death. But electrical switches and GPOs. So this is where we're putting our amazing Zeta GPOs. This is where this goes in but also had just general switches. So every time you see a dimmer, a fan switch, a light switch, a double GPO, one with USBs, a single GPO, this is where they need to go in. And please, 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 I know a few episodes ago, we absolutely gave it to the old glass, (laughs) the old (laughs) glass light switches and GPO covers. I'm still on that bandwagon. I'm all for slimline, something that's really, really slim. It's not chunky. It's not a big box on your wall. Again, I kind of find like light switches, GPOs, aside from Zetas, ceiling fans, even general down lights, go matte, go white, go slimline. Blend it in.
0: Far out. That's a quote. That can that that's the quote. I think uh, like it was probably two episodes ago we did something where you could you quite you said something else, I was like, oh well, we'll put that on your tombstone.
1: <laughs> well, that
0: one, go. that's gonna go on mine.
1: Oh, there we go. We can have Matt I can't
0: remember what you actually said now, but it was very good at the time. I'm, I'm
1: yeah. Enjoy whilst editing. You're glowing. Oh, glowing. <laughs> glowing. But yeah, I'm just unless I'm all here for you know, doing something extravagant with light switches or GPOs or doing something different if the budget and the design allows for it.
0: Yeah. If you're going to, if you've got the money to do like some funky Buster and Punch yeah. light switches or whatever. Oh, I'm here for that. We're here, but I don't know if. It's worth like nearly a hundred fold increase on what a yeah. Eclipsal Iconic is going to cost.
1: Literally. And oh, I'm not into the Iconic.
0: To be honest with you. Now, here's, here's a little bit where I'll drag myself. In both my house and the Ipswich property, we have Iconic. I would 100% have preferred to do the Hager. <laughs>
1: Oh, thank you. I don't think we've actually mentioned Hager on the no, channel before. No, we haven't. I'm so a big that, fan
0: of it. Yeah, and I'm my currently on a crusade against the Clipsal iconic fan range in terms of the switches because I've had three of them break where we're going to have to pay, I think they're like 50, 60 bucks a pop for the fan switches to get so, swapped.
1: Clipsal are expensive. Like, expensive. Don't get me wrong, they've got their like budget. And honestly, if I was to choose Clipsal, I would go with the standard budget out of everything. I wouldn't go up to any- Not Saturn Zen or whatever. No, I wouldn't go up to, you know, any sort of expensive budget with Clipsal. I would rather go up one or two notches in terms of price point and switch over to Hager. Mm.
0: Well, even go the cheaper one and just add dimmers. Like, you're getting all the functionality. But to be honest with you, the Clipsal Iconic and the Hager-
1: Silhouette. I think it is the
0: Hager Silhouette. They're from the website I was buying them from for the renovation. They're the same. They- I think the Hager was like 50 cents cheaper, yeah. like a GPO or whatever. Yep. Like it's- Yep. The- the I believe going forward, if- for, um, for, say for our next hypothetical project or whatever, I think mm. I would at least give Hager a whirl based I on the good things it. you've said about them.
1: I love it. And like you've used it Even obviously- Even at work. And, yeah. And you've used it um, yeah. here as well. I
0: it's great.
1: Huge fan. They've got the little like backlight
0: yeah, to all the like that. and
1: they're all flush switches. So I they're just I like push like button that flush, switches.
0: That flush idea.
1: Mm. I Beautiful. like the I like the little light. Makes a di- makes makes a difference. It it's does. a vibe. Well that That's kind of it. wraps That's up. That's finish finishes schedules. schedules. We,
0: and you know what? We're kind of king as ourselves because we honestly thought we could do this in two episodes. Huh. This is nearly three, like before editing, this is nearly four and a half hours of content. So oh my we gosh. have pretty much just done Lord of the Rings Return of the King Extended Edition
1: <sighs> oh, and Director's now, Cut. Director's
0: mm-hmm. Cut, like with interviews. <laughs> and so now we're going to c- cut it down to the cinematic release. So, as I said, this is what we're going to call the end of the first season. And you know what? We kind of talked about it at the start, but you're just going to have to wait till next week to find out what season two yeah. has in store. I've got a few good ideas.
1: Yeah. We might even release a um, teaser episode of, Ooh. I'm well, I was just thinking like a good maybe minute to five minute little episode about just like thanking everyone for an amazing season one and talking about what's in store for season two.
0: Oh, I love that. Yeah. All right. Well, we better go and plan that then.
1: Yeah. Amazing
0: Thank you so much I don't even know if we asked each other how we were at the start of the episode but d- think you we know just what? Got straight into we're it We're so stoked we're done with finishes schedules So that we can now move on to
1: Exciting some new exciting projects. stuff Yeah, I'm, so, I'm pumped
0: Mikhail, thank you very much
1: Thank you, Lachlan, again, as, as always on the
0: count of three Let's That's do one, it One, two, three Toodaloo. Toodaloo Well, everybody, we've come to the end of another episode If you have any questions, reach out to us on our Instagram at grabthetrace. Following, sharing, leaving a review or rating for the podcast is the best way to help the show. Our opening and closing music was created by Robert Helberg. And whilst we try to help as much as possible, this podcast is of a general nature and won't be able to take into account your individual circumstance. If you need personalised advice, you should engage a relevant professional consultant to help make the best decisions for your situation. Thank you all for listening and we'll see you next time.
1: See you next time.